come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi. Welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your polter guide, Mac. Uh, Poltergeist Debbie, she was taking a walk right after she closed up her shop. She had met a strange man, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It happens. Yeah. All right. Well, this week, uh, to continue on with our werewolf suite, we decided to go with the classic and watch the 1941 Universal film, The Wolfman. Now, those of you that don't know what this is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb have got you. And they want you to know that Larry Talbot returns to his father's castle in Wales and meets a beautiful woman. One faithful night, Talbot escorts her to a local carnival where they meet a mysterious fortune teller. Okay, but I, I, I'm a concise, get, get, get concise with it. Boy meets telescope. <laughs> Boy loses telescope. <laughs> also, there are wolves. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually the description in the Library of Congress. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say. It. If it's not, it needs to be because, yeah. Well, all right. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen this before? I hadn't seen it before. Okay. Um, I liked it considerably better than I expected to. All right. So. I, I, there were things about it I appreciated. Yeah. Macula? Yeah, it, it's sort of the, the turning point in the Universal Monster movies for me because, you know, up until that point, they were kind of just weird, quirky films and you had a lot more Karloff uh, in, in the films, a lot more James Whale directing. And, and this one starts off the trend where Lon Chaney Jr. is the star of these universal movies. And I, I find him the least interesting of the, of those leads that they had, including Bela Lugosi, who is in this film. After this, it's shorter movies, smaller budgets, uh, mainly monster mashups. So I like this one a little bit better than what's to follow, but there was a certain point where in its 69 minute runtime that I got bored and it was, that's that's rough for a short movie like that. Yeah, I understand that. I this is the second time I've watched it, and it's fine. Like I appreciate what it's doing, like effects wise, like just how it advanced with that. And also, I'll flat out say it: the Wolfman walked, so my Gilman could run. So I'm, <laughs> or I should say, my Gilman could swim. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and it. You know, it's okay. It's it's definitely not my go-to Universal monster movie, but I get why some people dig it. And, you know. Yeah. Agreed. It takes a lot with this film to get to the point and going. And for me, who enjoys a, a slow burn horror film, okay, I'm like, let's, let's, let's go. Come on, man. I feel like we were still in that phase where we're still doing theater 
and they felt like they needed yeah. to introduce all the characters and establish all the characters and establish the setting and we haven't quite figured out that we're doing something different yet and i i got a really strong sense of that as we're pulling up to the estate and here's this character and that character and this other character and i'm like i don't care i don't care who any of these people are i want to see some wolves i mean it, it starts with Almost the Webster's Dictionary defines option in the movie. Once it gets to the opening credits, like werewolf noun, wolf who is a man. And I'm like, I mean, okay. The movie is released in December of 1941. It's like literally a week out from Pearl Harbor. And I can understand people had other things on their mind. Like, what are we watching here? Wolf man, wolf man. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Please continue. But. I did not know that. That's rough, man. That's like being released September eleven, yeah. yeah, September twentieth. <laughs> right, right. Oof. Well, I guess Oof. apparently back in, I mean, this was just kind of back in the day. They didn't start filming that movie until October of forty-one, and were done by mid-November because it took twenty-five days to shoot it. Yeah. It's definitely the turning point in those Universal movies where they became B productions, where they were just churned out fast and and short so they could run them as much as they can uh, to maximize profit. Like, like you can talk about those earlier movies and, and there's some weirdness there and it's definitely not like highbrow uh, fare, but there was a little more artistry in that that first half of the Universal mm-hmm. Monsters where you can, you can yeah. It changes from here on in. Well, you also think about when this one came out, that's before you're kind of really getting into the rating system. And you kind of see a little bit of hints at that with just for the time, some of the dialogue. I, because it's been so long since I've seen it, I mean, I forgot that they're basically, one, they're gaslighting everyone in the film, Larry, uh, Gwen. (laughs) At least they're doing it to everybody. Like, it's, yeah. And then they're slut shaming Gwen. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. That that slut shaming scene. Whoa. Let's 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 ladies, ladies, ladies. That one that kind of that caught me off guard and kind of got me paying attention again because I was like, okay, let's let's get some notes taken. And so, yeah. So I guess we're definitely into spoiler territory. Yeah, it looks (laughs) like we're there. All right. For for a, a, an 81-year-old, or actually, I guess it, it was just out, uh, it was 80 just a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, then you can probably guess the plot if you've been alive <laughs> in any sense over the last 80 years. <laughs> if you've poked your head out from under your rock at any point in the yeah. last 80 years. I spent two years in the cellar, and I knew. <laughs> so... I want to tell you one of my favorite things about this movie, which was the fact that Lon Chaney walked on his toes. That was literally one of my favorite things. They put an effort into giving him a dog leg. It was the least possible effort, but they put an effort into giving him a dog leg. And I appreciated that so much. He walked on his toes and that gave him the slightest appearance of having an actual dog leg. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. 
Okay, so that makes me feel so much better about that choice because as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, of course, that makes sense. As I was watching it, Billy reminded me of the comedian Kyle Kinane bit about how you have your shoes already on, but you want to change pants and you think, hey, I can change pants without taking my shoes off. And it's like, make the ballerina toes, Kyle. And (laughs) so as we're watching it, Billy goes, make the ballerina toes, Wolfman, make the ballerina toes. And I am just dying. And so, so now I'm like, okay, well, that makes me feel better that (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. an actual, it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's this whole, which I'm not going to, because sometimes I go into teacher mode. I'm not going to, but there's this whole thing about how humans walk flat on their foot, but most animals actually walk on their toes. And get, I'm now demonstrating with my hand that nobody can see. But most, <laughs> we can see. We can see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, most animals walk on their toes, and that's why dog legs are shaped different than human legs. So he walks on his toes. And I loved it so much because if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I and many of my fellow poltergeists really just appreciate practical effects. And that was the most basic and simple of practical effects, along with using a German shepherd (laughs) to be a wolf, which was cheap AF, but still a practical effect. And... (laughs) Just saves them from having to bring in a like a, a wild wolf into the studio, and putting fur on Lon Chaney's face. I mean, cheap but practical, and and I appreciate it. And no transformations, because what are you going to do? You're going to do no. Just I liked that. Just all of a sudden, Lon Chaney's wandering around with fur on his face. I liked it. I definitely believe that Lon Chaney really had fur on his face. <laughs> It's that verisimilitude I'm here for. (laughs) So that was my favorite thing about this movie. Lon Chaney is the only, it has the record for playing the most universal monsters of all the actors. He played, obviously, Wolfman throughout several films. He played Dracula in Son of Dracula. Uh, Frankenstein's monster and ghost of Frankenstein and the mummy in the mummy's ghost. He he's got he, he is the egot of horror. <laughs> he's horribly miscast as Dracula, but that's that's that movie's problem. I do think it's interesting with him that he did not get into the business until after his father passed because his father didn't want him to be an actor wanted him to have something practical like business school i don't know why business school is like always the go-to but wanted him so he basically waited till his father's death and that's when he became the wolfman i think i said it off mic he's got the saddest face in all of horror uh i would have i would have loved to see him in death of a salesman but you know (laughs) like arthur miller must have written the play for like saw lon cheney and went Right. Oh, I, I am inspired. He, he he was writing it in the pool at Universal, and they were like, get this out of here. This ain't a movie. Actually, they read it, and he's like, okay, now picture Cheney. And everyone is like, I'm super depressed. We need to make one more Monster Mash at movie, and yeah. we're going to put Abbott and Costello in this one. I hope you're happy, <laughs> Miller. <laughs> Lunchtime. That was perfect. <laughs> All right, so we kind of started discussing it off mic, but 
Let's talk about the telescope. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. First, I have to have a little minor rant. If you approach me in any situation, but particularly if I'm at work and I can't run away from you screaming, if you approach me in any situation by discussing the contents of my bedroom, we're not going to be friends. And then if you follow that by ignoring my no, not once, not twice, but three times, we're going to have problems. Donna, if you're going to be that particular, you're never going to get a bow. (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I have a buzzy friend. And after the third no, you shall be turned. Welcome back, Mac. (laughs) Into a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) And Mac's back in the cellar. (laughs) Was that the cellar door I just heard slam? (laughs) 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 But yes, the telescope. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) It's also bad because you have to buy Lon Chaney as a romantic lead for it to work at all. And and, and he's got that sad face, but he's coming in there all smarmy. And I'm like, you game recognized game and you're looking unfamiliar to me. Yes, uh, your point. That's a bad thing to do, but to pull it off in the context of an old movie, you have to have way more machismo than Lon Chaney Jr. has. You have to be a Sean Connery or a Gary Cooper. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, that's charming. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you got you gotta have something to back that up. You gotta have something that the chick's gonna go, okay, what you just did was creepy, but I'm going to let that slide because right. you're cute. Right. Right. And I just I just verified what every nice guy in the world has suspected. Yeah. Mm. It's because mm. you ain't got game. It's because you're a Lon Chaney. Hound dog face looking motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And, and and this is this movie is only 69 minutes and you're going to get to be a romantic lead for two of them. And you're not built for it, Lon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she sees the money. I don't know. I don't know. He comes in like, I've been away. You know, I'm Talbot. Like, I mean, he comes and then buys that fancy cane. He's throwing around money around Mm -hmm. baby girl Gwen. Like, I don't know. You don't want to work at the shop anymore, do you? Here, let me buy this fancy ass cane. Oh, look at the werewolf head. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. I would not have been waiting outside of that shop for him. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm if we're if we're looking at the money angle and this being the time that it is, I'm not mad at Gwen. Get yours, baby girl. Get yours. You do what you got to do. You you know what? Girl's got to eat. Yeah. yeah. She don't. <laughs> I, I mean, she wants those half moon shaped earrings. Those things ain't cheap. So <laughs> if, if it's truly a financial decision, yeah, I, 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 then I'm on board. But there's not a beat where she's like, oh, he he's 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 one of them Talbots. Well, then maybe I'll have True. to lower my shields and be stop being so domineering with him, because after all, how will I get a bow? <laughs> <laughs> I was dating one of the help, but now... Yeah. I don't want to be a shop girl for the rest of my life, don't you know? (laughs) The whole reason I'm here is so some nice man will find me in his telescope and take me away from all this. 
Oh. Why else would I lurk by my open window? I've worked here for five years, just plastered up against the window, waiting for some for some nice astronomy enthusiast to start looking down. I'm 22 years old. I'm good. I'm an old maid. I can't. Yeah. Wait. I can't wait around here forever. I'll be 23 soon. <laughs> oh, I did though appreciate. Gwen brought a friend. Granted, it didn't work out for Jenny, her friend, but at least she was sensible enough to bring a friend with her on the date. Yeah, but I got to tell you, Larry lost a lot of nice guy points as soon as Jenny entered the picture. Whatever nice guy points Larry had. I was like, how many was he working with? <laughs> not, not a lot. Larry did okay. not have a lot of nice guy points. Um, the script was trying to tell us that he had some, but he did not have many. He lost whatever he had as soon as Jenny entered the picture. And he was clearly upset and he did not mind letting Jenny know about it. So um, and then they get to the uh, the Roma camp. And at first opportunity, he dumps Jenny to take shop girl for a walk. Yeah, it was at that point. I mean, not that I'm not pro-monster anyway, because I'm a pro-monster house. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, like, you're pro-monster. Your record's pretty clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not that this is a shock to anyone on the podcast, any of our listeners. I'm always team monster. But at the same time, have I never been more actively rooting for the werewolf to get somebody than when he left Jenny and they went on their walk? I'm like, I need, I need this to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hard agree. Get him. Because that was an asshole move right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then Jenny is told by Bela, not Bella. Bella is playing Bela. I, I think Bella even pronounced it Bela on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bela realizes that Jenny is going to get killed by the wolf who is. Bela, and then Jenny goes running off into the woods where Bela, the German shepherd wolf, kills her. Were dog. He's a were dog. He's a were dog. He's a were shepherd. <laughs> dog by day, other kind of dog by night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Larry runs off and leaves Shop Girl alone because that's just his go to move, I guess. He wasn't making any progress with Gwen, so he's, you know. He can save a damsel in distress, then that's that's Larry's power move. She has a line of what constitutes cheating on her fiance. Walking in the woods with another man, not cheating, not cheating. I'm just saying the fiance obviously was cool with it because we never saw a scene where he's like, how dare you insult me, blah, 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 like that. No, we never had that. No, I mean, he, he kind of did some side eyeing, but. But not at her. He did it at Larry. Like, sure, sure, sure. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. He did some side eyeing at, at Larry. Okay. Like, I see you. I see you. But yeah, running off and leaving women alone seems to be Larry's go to move. I think we're all in agreement that uh, Larry gets less creepy after he becomes a werewolf. It's oh, true. Yeah. 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 Because he's scared and he needs help. He loses his bravado and. Right. Is all of a sudden like, oh, God, help me. His attempt at bravado. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, he, what, he, what he read about as bravado 
in books while well, he was away for 18 years. Doesn't doesn't seem like a big reader to me. I, I think he saw it in the picture shows. <laughs> I will say what I enjoyed was I did not realize that scene from the movie in The Howling was from The Wolfman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had not realized that. And so when we got to that scene in The Wolfman, I suddenly went, oh, that's what they were watching in The Howling. Yeah, there's in the doctor's office, there's like a headshot of Cheney that's just on one of the desks. But it's just like, oh, all right. So in The Howling verse, was Lon Cheney really a werewolf? I think so. I mean, maybe this this feels like a Dante thing. So, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. I just want y'all to know I want to live in a world that always looks like the universal monster sets where it's like real foggy and atmospheric. Like, I mean, it was daytime and it was like that fog is rolling in. And at any moment you could be lost in fog. Just, yeah, boom, you're lost in fog. They got they got hella dry ice budget, uh, and, and and the back lot has anything you could want to make a horror movie. Like they got mausoleum, check. They've got you know weird laboratory, check. Like, like just do a residency there for like twenty four days, and like we're gonna make we're gonna put on a show. We're gonna make one movie, whatever we want to make, because we got anything we want. Interior or exterior of a castle? Yeah, yeah, it's all there. We started watching this with the commentary on and the guy just kept talking over everything. It wasn't like, hey, here's little bits like it was just talking nonstop. So then we turned it off. But some of the things that he was saying and pointed out was like the interior of the castle was used as the interior for Bride of Frankenstein. There was like a certain candelabra also in there that was used in the mummy or something like that. But just a lot of like recycling sets and I thought that was pretty cool like I mean it makes sense and it also kind of goes with that theater thing that we were talking about but I thought that was kind of neat that's what I was actually just thinking is because a theater just has a room full of props and you're like oh there's the candelabra yep and like they they stopped building new things at this point that kind of goes back to that whole shifting to a b-movie mentality like they spent the 30s making all of these odd little movies and then had all this stuff left over and could churn them out as much as they needed to. Yeah. Just bring it in. Very Corman-esque. Very Roger Corman. Is Roger Corman related to Harvey Corman? That's a C and a K. So I don't believe so. Okay. So I made three notes on this movie, a total of three. So there's my notes. Mm -hmm. And I've already mentioned two. I would like to mention my third. All right. Which is uh, my my one actual, actual real complaint. So when they find Bela, no, Jenny, when they find Jenny dead, the person that finds her says her jugular was severed and she died of internal hemorrhage. (laughs) I pantomimed how that might work for the podcast audience. (laughs) So I'm just going to say... No, 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 no. If your jugular is severed, there's nothing internal about that hemorrhage. Nothing, nothing internal about that hemorrhage. And so I, I, this is way more than meeting them halfway. Could could you damage the jugular in a way to where you would be bleeding internally? And that would be... Excellent question. I've 
it is possible. Okay. Right. If, I, if we were to take your jugular and crush it in such a way that the skin never broke, but the, the walls of the jugular were damaged enough that they could start bleeding. bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Then that hemorrhage would be under the skin and that would be internal hemorrhage. That's possible. But if we're going to say the jugular is severed, there's really no way to sever the, the jugular without also severing the skin. I just, I can't get there. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go 75% of the way if the movie's going 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I just have to say that we knew that in the 40s. Okay, this is not new medical knowledge that, you know, we learned in like the 2000s. No, we knew that in the 40s. And this is a, a complaint I've had for a long time because doctors were a thing in the 40s. And you could just call up your doctor friend and say, hey, I've just written this line. Does this make sense? I mean, if or you, you could call up your veterinarian friend. If you had two days to write the scripts. And you may not have. You may have been working on uh, coffee and uppers yeah. for two days straight. And uh, the details don't matter <laughs> at the end. Mostly okay. uppers, though. Mostly uppers. Yeah. Mostly uppers. <laughs> so I will say I did enjoy the transformation scene, just how it was done. And especially for the time, just that kind of fading in and out and the reveal which transformation scene? The, the very first wolf transformation from Larry, where he's sitting in his chair and he's and he realizes, oh shit, I'm turning into a werewolf. Oh, okay, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Now, side note, I didn't need to see him punch the arm of the chair as he realized it, a la Bell Organa from the end of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> like, damn it, I'm There's... a werewolf. But at the same time. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's another one of those moments in the movie that made Billy and I both giggle. When he, when he, when he saw all the hair on his legs and thought, yeah. shit, I need to do some manscaping. Yeah. That was, um, yeah, some serious, some serious work here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. He looks down and he's got the pentagram. That isn't a pentagram, though. It's just a star. Like yeah. someone thought yeah. he was a good boy and gave him a little gold star. <laughs> That's what I thought every time they showed us the pentagram. It's like, you guys did no research at all, did you? No. It, it, was, it was a two-day bender. They, they, they got us that script. Yeah. Coffee and uppers, Donna. I, I actually really wonder if somebody in the, st in the studio was like, you are not putting an actual pentagram in my movie. You fix it. But they did, though, like on the hand. Like, it, it had the star with the circle. Yeah. I never saw an actual pentagram an actual pentagram in the movie well maybe what the with, with a with a full with the lines yeah. yeah i saw an outline of a star in a circle but i never saw a full pentagram maybe that's the compromise is the star yeah. <laughs> like ratings weren't a thing but like the code was so yeah um there there could have been some intentional smoothing out there yeah i i really suspect that was a thing because yeah, I, I saw I saw an outline of a star in a circle number of times, but nothing I would actually call a pentagram. Well, they can't get the they can't get everybody up in arms in the Bible Belt, Donna. Okay. No, no. <laughs> you 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 get you get the people in the Bible Belt worked up, and you got some problems over here. Let me you tell got you, no, you got nobody seeing your monster movie. 
Little you got Timmy. people burning things and getting all yelly and those Okies really go for the repressed shit though, to quote Edward. <laughs> true, true. Oh Edward. <laughs> so um in the end, Larry got to be a hero though. Well, he got to be named a hero. I don't know if he actually was a hero, but he got to yeah. be called a hero. Yeah. As, as much as a guy like him could be a hero, I suppose. I, I just realized, I think we're all actually getting as bored <laughs> talking about it as we were watching it. So I thought we'd just jump to the end. Well, considering we have actually pretty much discussed this movie in chronological order, which never happens for us. I think that. <laughs> yeah. I think that really sums up how we feel about the Wolfman. I do think there had to have been some animal magnetism going on for Shop Girl to suddenly decide she wanted to be with Larry, because I have no other explanation for her deciding she wanted to be with Larry. Money. Yeah, I'm still I'm leaning towards that. It's like, I don't want to be a shop girl. I don't want to be married to the help because that's wasn't he wasn't Andrew like working the, the gamekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Which side note, though, I mean, if they had dogs and then you could go see the dogs at the Talbot estate. I mean, OK, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I was putting my, my I was throwing my vote in for Team Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mac, you have our quote. OK, hang dog face. You're so sad. I'm Lon Chaney. <laughs> You're insane, I tell you. I killed a wolf, a plain ordinary wolf. <laughs> and then Mac also has our rule. Uh, yes, uh, stick to the sky when using a telescope. And why is that? Well, I mean, it's just a good general rule. It would have saved us how many movies? Yeah, you know, you don't do that. You, you, you save yourself one werewolf movie and then four monster mashup movies right there. That. That, that's a five for that's a five for <laughs> but that's that's money though that's not going to go in universal's pocket because as we've established in okay, my but, in my 40s hick voice that kids love the monster movies but the rules are intended to save the characters not the studio if the rule is save the studio then yeah absolutely go nuts with the telescope there lair <laughs> Let's do six of them with the telescope. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were on the universal board all of a sudden. and <laughs> oh. Looking to make a quick 300 grand out in the drive-ins. Good point. Thanks for bringing me back, Mac. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I have our poll. Because I noticed the wolfman had to change clothes before he wolfed out. So my question is, what is your wolfman clothes outfit? What is your go-to if you are wolfing out? What clothes are you putting on? I, I got to go with pure Incredible Hulk, uh, stretchy purple sweatpants. And then anything else is fine. Because at least I've got the, the Moss stretchy purple stretch pants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Donna, what you I, got? I want to find... There's got to be just the perfect fabric out there that is both sturdy and stretchy, but will also tear away if I get hung up on something. Mm. So once I find that fabric, 
I'm going to get myself a nice like tank top and shorts made out of that fabric. And maybe, you know, like they make protective boots for, for dog's feet, get myself a nice little protective pair of booties for my, for my feet made out of that same fabric. Well, I think that same fabric would be considered pajama pants, just so we're clear, because they are super comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because um, my werewolf outfit is probably what I have on right now, which is said pajama pants and a comfortable tank top. Mm-hmm. Um, or side note, I'm going to go into the Howling universe, and I don't have a werewolf outfit, and I am just all natural. Either one. It depends mm-hmm. on the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually care about what I'm wearing as a wolf. I'm more concerned about getting home in the morning. Or turning back in to the human. Yeah. Yeah. Before then, yeah. And this is why pajamas, if you're concerned about getting back home, if you have pajamas on, then you just look like, oh, well, maybe they, they just got out for whatever reason and they had to run to the store and they're in their pajamas. Because based on the way my dog sprawls out on her back with her legs all akimbo, I just got to assume that canines have no concern about shame or modesty whatsoever. She's kind of like, here I am. Here I am. Well, you got to air out the coconut gut. That's just a rule. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the new rule. (laughs) Yeah. Air out the coconut guts. The coconut guts. (laughs) (laughs) all right so as our listeners know we've also started uh you know what's your happy place what's making you happy this week and mac uh i would say the thing i'm trying to do this year is be less focused be more focused on the now like what is the good work now as opposed to, oh, this is the thing that's going to lead to the next thing. So my happy place is in, you know, the grad school work I'm doing, the work on the podcasts that I'm doing. It's good work in and of itself. Being present, maybe? Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. I like that's it. Excellent. Yeah. I like that. Um, something I have really come to enjoy just in the last, like, week or so, my dog bunny who is just a delightful monstrous creature um has discovered that she likes to be under the covers and the machinations she goes through to get under the covers is so funny i'm just smiling and laughing as i go to sleep and also i'm super warm because she's 65 pounds of dog flesh pressed up against me um it's just delightful it's a wonderful way to go to sleep with this incredibly happy dog because she has managed to get under the covers so my dog under the covers is my happy place i like that too so my football team that i root for they're playing in the nfc championship game and if they win they're going to the super bowl the 49ers yes the 49ers so yes the 49ers in the playoff game considering how the season started was Ooh, and they have uh, kicked a lot of ass, and that is my happy place. I was thinking of you just just a couple weeks back when I saw the 49ers beat the Cowboys, and I was like, oh, well, how about that? (laughs) Yes, that was, yeah, that game. Football's the one with the shoulder pads, right? Yes, 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 yes. And the fusiform shaped. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, American helmeted rugby. There you go. Okay. (laughs) 
Thank you guys for listening so much. We do appreciate your support. Uh, we are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Beyond Cabin, on Instagram at Beyond Cabin. We also have a Facebook page. We have a webpage, beyondthecabinofthewoods.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Callista77. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Dragon Goblin. There's no spaces and there's no I in Goblin. Macula. Uh, Twitter at Party Apocalypse, uh, website partyapocalypse.com, Instagram, I think it's there, but it is a ghost town, so good luck. As always, thank you, Billy, our editor, for making thank us you, sound. Billy. Uh, thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have anything to echo. <laughs> As always, makes it sound fantastic and professional. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't read the Latin... You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.